The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, available on all platforms and YouTube, he's the Apex Podcaster. He's the wise owl of professional wrestling. He smells better than dude love with Sex Panther on. He's the king of fantasy booking. He is your favorite podcaster's favorite podcast. He is Omega Luke, and you're listening to the Omega Luke Wrestling Podcast. What's going on guys? My name is indeed Omega Luke and I'm being joined today by my good friends of the podcast, Josh and Stu of the Josh and Stu Wrestling Podcast. How are you doing guys? Very well, Hi, thank you. Man. Great to have you back on. Obviously I haven't had you back on since the Fantasy Booking League and that is very convenient because that is what today's episode is all about. We are going to be doing a summary of the Fantasy Booking League talking about the ups and downs of it, how it all came about, Josh and Stu's involvement in the league, what they thought of it, and yeah, just basically just talk about um, how it went overall. But before we get doing that, we have another competition in this podcast, the Josh and Stu Prediction League. Josh and Stu, we have Fastlane coming up thick and fast. How are we expecting this to go, do you reckon? Well, we've got the... Title match uh, all sorted now. We've had just because uh, they've named their challenger. Uh, they've named the Bottom Line podcast yep. uh, for Fastlane. Uh, we've got our semifinals for the Tag Team Classic with the final being at WrestleMania. Um, yourselves and Roddy Rumbled. Uh, I believe you are against the... I think it's the Irish mob. Yeah. As far as I'm aware. Uh, and then you've got... They got the pod final as well, with Just Because and Oko. Oko wrestling, yeah. Second time in a while for Just Because. Yeah, yeah. so they've got a very busy schedule for, for Fastlane. They do, they could be very busy come Mania time. Yeah, so very exciting time. The last pay-per-view as well before Mania. So it's the, mm. the last chance to everyone to get their points to get on that WrestleMania card, which I'm already there myself, so I'm, I'm sitting pretty at the moment and quite enjoying yeah. myself. Um, but you'd like two or three titles, wouldn't you? But the one's not enough. You know? Exactly. I mean, everyone, everyone wants to be the belt collector. I mean, before we came on, we were talking about belt collectors, yeah. how we really like one and we don't like the other. Not yeah. going to name any names, Austin Aries. <laughs> but there we go. But uh, for anyone who doesn't know, Josh and Stu's Prediction League is... I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed being part of the Josh and Stu Prediction League since SummerSlam, I do believe. It's a lot of fun. The rules are there. To, I think the, everyone complains sometimes about the, the rules being too difficult. I like yeah. it that way because that way the points, there's more, there's less likely for everyone to have the same points, which I exactly. think is the best way for it because was, everyone will have the same points. If you just did wins or whatever, it's, it's never going to be right. This way it makes it a lot more exciting. So um, Exactly. And you've got to, you get points on outcome as well. You've got your winner, exactly. but how are they going to win? You know? Yeah, definitely. I, I'm I'm really looking forward to WrestleMania weekend as well, um, as being part of the WrestleMania match. So all good things coming in the Josh and Stu Prediction League. Can't wait. So let's crack on with today's episode. The Fantasy Booking League, of course, came to an end not so long ago, where our first ever champions of the Omega Luke Fantasy Booking, Royally Rumbled, was crowned, and they defeated obviously. Mason Adams, who put in a very good performance, um, two very good bookings of Andrade, Cien Almas, my, my favourite wrestler right now. So we're going to start really at the beginning. Um, I believe we actually, when we first interacted, Josh and Stu uh, on Twitter, we sort of 
invited each other to each other's leagues at the exact same time. I think that's it. How I remember it, we we started following each other. We both DM'd each other at the same time. Would you like to be a part of my league? Would you like to be a part of mine? And we both agreed. Um, what attracted you first to the fantasy booking league? So if you, if anyone has or everyone does listen to our podcast, uh, Stu and I like to ramble and rant on about things, especially uh, things we're not happy with booking wise, especially with WWE. And we just talk about. I think any fan does. Um, if you're unhappy about something. You, you talk about how you would have done it better. Yeah, definitely. You know? um, and, you know, there's um, I'm an actor and a writer as well, so I like to be creative. Um, I created, like, when I was younger and I had all the wrestling figurines and stuff, I used to write my own, like, pay-per-views and storylines as well. Um, so I've always kind of been interested in uh, in the world of fantasy booking uh, from a young age, pretty much. Um, and when you got a, someone who especially a podcast such as yourself who's got uh, that interest, it's, of course, intriguing and you want to be part of that, especially when there's a competition involved because yeah. who, who, doesn't, who doesn't have a good competition? Exactly. Yeah. And I think as well, like, obviously, Josh, you're an actor and a writer and Stu, you produce music. So you guys are, are full of creativity. You, you know, it's, it's a big part of your lives being creative. And yes. obviously, you've got your own podcast as well. You've created your own league, which has been very successful and, there's so many people a part of it and so many people love being involved with it. So I think the the fantasy booking and the, the fantasy booking league is a huge attraction to definitely creative people like yourselves. Um, it's perfect for wrestling fans who have these creative bones in their body to sort of express, like you said, what we want to see instead of what we are seeing. And that's basically how um, my podcast was actually built, that the fantasy booking was... Um, obviously what I wanted to get into and why I started the podcast because from WrestleMania through to Money in the Bank, I hated WWE's booking. I can't, I couldn't stand it, which is, <laughs> which is why um, it sort of came about. Um, so the idea of fantasy booking itself, I've explained to you sort of why I came up with it and the, the details that make Omega Luke fantasy booking slightly different to just regular, regular fantasy booking. Mm. How did you guys find getting into um, the writing side of it and the fantasy booking side of it itself? Did you, did you do? Because obviously, you you two are a team, um, whereas other people are writing this singly. Do you come up with it between yourself? Do you, one of you say, right, you do the first part, you do the second part? How do you guys come up with your fantasy bookings? Um, pretty much what we normally did is um, is we sort of um, after we got you gave us the idea of what. Um, who to work for we sort of um, basically sat down like if we're down a pub or back at josh's place and we basically like um discussed the idea uh, back and forth well, but and also taking notes as well yeah and and then um or just work where we wanted it to go and then when we've got that down i left um josh to iron out the details because we thought so far well, he's a writer so it makes sense for him to um sort of um that's pretty much what he does so um before he iron out the ideas send them to me I read it and see if I like it, and then if it was, we recorded it or you know um, send it over to you. Yeah. Put it, so it's like we both used our what we're um, good at, basically. Yeah, and you know the I want to bring up the last booking that you guys did, the the Nexus, where you both took slightly different paths and sort of met at the end. Okay. So um, I can't remember which way, which way you both did it, but one of you guys did Raw. The other one did SmackDown side of things. Was that um, like a joint thing again in the same way as what you just described? Or is that two very separate? Like, let's have a bit of fun here. Let's do something different. You do one side, I'll do the other. Um, I think we uh, we wanted to incorporate the the brand split with, um, with our booking. Um, and I felt that I, I wanted you to be involved a little bit more because I felt like if I was doing most of the writing, even though we'd brainstorm it all together and Stu would give the AOK for um, the idea and I'd do all the recording, I felt Stu was felt like a little bit left out. So I wanted Stu to do a little bit of storytelling. So giving him the SmackDown side, the land of opportunity, giving him the opportunity to do that. Um, and I'm a big, and to be fair, we're kind of SmackDown. Um when I used to watch it, when they were done the first brand extension, yeah. um, I, I couldn't watch it before, so SmackDown was like the show I could watch, and I mm. always enjoyed SmackDown, so yeah. it made sense to me to record it doing mm. SmackDown. 
Definitely, I think you know SmackDown, especially well, maybe not the last couple of weeks, but for like the last year, <laughs> has been not the dominant brand that WWE itself thinks of it. Um, I think SmackDown has been the favoured brand by the fans. Yes, um, which a lot of people can can talk about. Well, going back to the the setup and the format of the league, then mm-hmm. um, originally I I sort of wanted to do. I, I always had the idea of having ten people, so I believe you guys jumped on board around about seven or eight when I when I had just had a few more spots to fill um, to to sort of have my league. Obviously, I needed an even number because that wouldn't make sense. Um, I thought ten people would be enough to make it a little interesting, make it competition, and then I watched the G one mm. and the. I, I mean, you guys also followed the the New Japan G one. We spoke about it before. Um, and obviously the format of the G1 is two separate blocks um, with the the competitors split in half and that's when I thought would be the best idea to do two blocks of five so would you say that the the two blocks of five worked best with the format of the fantasy booking league or would you have been intrigued to see uh, what would happen with a big league of ten I think as a for uh, if it's your first, uh, the first competition working with five works really uh, well because if someone slips up, there is always there's a slim opportunity. Say if you've lost two two matches, like we were in a position where we lost two matches, but there was a slim chance we could still get to the final. Yeah. Um, so you still got that chance there. Whereas if you've got like a a big group and you've lost maybe four or five in a row, there's no chance of you winning. You're you're probably more likely to have uh dropouts unless there is something else on the line something else to play with play for um but i like i like the um the only thing i would say is especially at the beginning of the uh uh of the competition i guess it was more the draw i think like a block was very kind of very kind of quiet but b block was very very vocal especially on twitter there's a lot of uh (laughs) talking which is very enjoyable which i'd like to have seen from both blocks yeah to be honest I agree. I think that was just the nature of the draw, wasn't it? I mean, um, we yeah. had all the characters seem to be drawn to B block, yeah. and A block was a lot of debutants and A block, um, a lot of quieter people in real life because A block seemed to have more of my friends on it, um, yeah. with exception to George of um, Booker T, who I met through Simon Miller's podcast, mm-hmm. and B block had yourselves, Kinzer. And Vern, to begin with, who obviously have their own podcast, yep. uh, Matt and Ricky, who is a, a friend of mine, um, who is quite, who was probably the, the only silent one in B Block. Yeah, um, yeah, like you said, at the beginning, it was all talk from B Block. We had nothing from A Block. There was promos going back and forth. B Block people calling people out. People being very angry that they're not being called out. Allah uh, M-A-F-F, math, um, <laughs> being disrespected for not being recognised um, by people's promo promos, which you guys yourself made a very good promo, promo might I add, for the Fantasy Booking League to announce yourself in it, calling out Matt himself, um, talking about Kinza. So it made it very interesting for B-Block, but mm. it also... And I, I like I like what you said there. You said um, you know you'd like to have heard more from A Block. Yeah. In a way, it made it strange because A Block was slept on for a very long time until you got to a point where there was two matches left, and it was like, oh shit, Dom and Matt Mason Adams, like they've been dead quiet in this. They could yeah. win this. Mm. Whereas before it was. Because of the the nature of the beast, of you you hear a lot from you hear the big talk from um, people such as Billy Big Bollocks, Math, Kinza Keel, giving it the big one. Um, you think, oh, they're, they're going to be good. A block wasn't to be slept on because it turns out they were also very good, and they yeah. they might have been quiet, but they were still very good. But no, very good, very good point that is um, about the the promo side of it. Um, but yeah, the the two two blocks of five I think worked very well. Let's go on to competitors themselves. The beginning with the the OGs. Obviously, we had Scotty, um, Top Notty, and Kinzakiel eventually pull out, but they were uh, originally in it. Were you? I suppose you you weren't really aware of anyone else in the fantasy booking league until Royley Rumble came along. 
um, before, other than obviously through the Fantasy Booking League. Um, at the beginning, when you came into it, who were you sort of predicting would be the best? Uh, it's, know, it? it's difficult to tell. I think um, I think we got that, that kind of question when we uh, started off this league. We'd not heard anyone give no idea, so we didn't know of the of the standard uh, yeah. that we were up against. Um, so, yeah, it's difficult to answer that question, really. Um, but if everyone's you know as as passionate as we are about wrestling, um, they're, they're bound to be of like. Decent quality of you know, well, I certainly I think yeah, so anyway. I mean, from what we went in, from um, the opponents we went against, I mean, quality of um, fantasy booking was like really high and really good. Yeah. So um, I don't think I don't know. We just wanted, I I wasn't really expecting like anything really. It's just mm. fun we can do fan for us. It was just more fun we could do fantasy. Yeah. So I'm like we've always wanted to do fantasy booking, and it's just nice we can do it in our competitive nature. So yeah, yeah. it was really nice. But, yeah, I mean. I, I sort of wanted. I had a, when I thought thought of the facts book, Neil. I had a vision of having an amalgamation of um, my friends who are wrestling fans who I had on the podcast before when yep. I first began, and mm-hmm. guys like you, uh, podcasters, Kinzer and Van, um, who want to get involved as well. And I thought I thought I got that. I thought I had a good sort of amalgamation of of both of those groups because. Having my friends involved is very important to me. That's um, mm. the main point of my podcast to begin with is that I was always talking with friends. And from this, I've made more friends from having guys like yourself on mm. um, and in future episodes, obviously, with Royally Rumbled and, and everyone like that. So I think the, the competitors themselves um, or was... Uh, what's the word I'm trying to look for here? Very respectful of to make the league what it was. Like yeah. I, I had a vision in my head, um, and the the competitors blew it out of the water for me because it made it bigger than what I ever thought it, it could be mm. eventually. Because like I I don't talk about it a lot. I've mentioned it a few times, and the reason why I've continued doing fantasy booking mm. after is because the amount of people who would DM me and sort of say, "Can I join? Can I join?" After a couple episodes had come out, people uh, weren't sure at first what it was all about. They give it a listen. They thoroughly mm. enjoy it, um, and then they want to be a part of it. I think that's like the the special thing about it. Um, the the competitors as well that you guys face. So you mentioned there, uh, Stu, yeah. you had mm. some very tough opponents, and I I I generally have always said it. You guys were the unluckiest people in the league. <laughs> you really were, yeah. Because your first match, you you come up against M A Double F Math when. He was on form, which is fair to say because he, we've seen Math now very off form against Vern when yeah. he got tramped really by Vern. Yeah. Um, and you guys booked Elias. You did a very good, very detailed booking of Elias mm-hmm. and unfortunately lost to Math. You then come up against uh, Ricky Dent, I believe was the order. Yep. yep. And Ricky was that was his first match mm-hmm. and. He was incredible. Like, he took his time. He, he was very good. And then after that, Ricky had two very mediocre bookings compared to his incredible booking of Bray Wyatt. So I've always yeah. said that you guys were very unlucky. And the Royally Rumbled one, I think both of you guys just smashed out of the water. Yeah. And it was just a case of they were just slightly better, in my opinion. But, mm-hmm. like, there was no point was there a poor booking from you guys, just very unlucky. I mean, how did you guys feel about the, the the your side of things going up against these guys in these matches? Yeah, I think the one which um, I think the one that especially got away from us the most, I think, was our very first one with um, with Elias. Um, I thought, like, especially with, with Mass side, you know, it was very good. It was very kind of. You're looking at fantasy booking. I, I saw it as very kind of safe as having Sephirons and, and Finn Balor, even though I think they'd be good matches. Yeah. Um, but I think with the with our own Johnny Gargano, I think we incorporated incorporated well not only Gargano's story but also Elias's story. Um, and we also had Lacey Evans doing other stuff as opposed to just turning up down the ramp and then buggering off. Oh, I did not like that. <laughs> I think that's very enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, um, that's one that got away from us the most. One, we kicked ourselves with Bray Wyatt because mm-hmm. we made the mistake of, yes, we build up Bo, but then it turned into Bo's story, and then Bo won, so Bray's now back to square one. Yeah. Um, our favorite booking, I think, was our, our Sonya Deville one, even though you could say it was unrealistic having both titles, uh, NXT and NXT UK. Uh, the payoff, um, I, I was really, really happy with that. Um, and yeah, and just the misunderstanding, I think, with um, it felt more of like two kind of invasions or if it was like an Undisputed Era-focused booking, uh, we could have potentially won that one. But if, in terms of like invasion, um, yeah, we probably yeah. got that wrong just a little the bit. The Nexus uh, part, point two, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you mentioned your, your Sonya Deville one there. I think that's where you guys really shined with the, yeah. the Sonya Deville. You kept it um, more simpler than the other ones and you were able to um, give more detail to the points which made it incredible. Like the like you mentioned, the, the payoff. Yeah. Um, I've always sort of said like the fantasy bookings that everyone does would be pointless if there wasn't an actual payoff at the end and people have tried different ways of incorporating uh, a fantasy booking payoff in the league or outside of the league and I think um, what you guys did with the Ronda Rousey and bringing um, Nunes down the down to the ring with Sonia Deville um, like I said during your the the feedback for that one was genius because obviously Nunes is the the woman's uh, MMA fighter who defeated Ronda Rousey. And uh, Holly Holmes as well. Holly yeah. Holmes, yeah. As, and that would just be like a massive head fuck for Ronda. And it was really good how you, you sort of played that into your fantasy booking, um, which obviously got you your victory against Vern, who put up a very good fight in that match. May I say, yeah. he, he sort of came on leaps and bounds. He's actually, uh, Vern, his last match, which um, never actually happened, he recorded for it. And he's actually going to go up against Foul Original in that um, I'm going to use his booking. I still haven't listened to it yet because I want to do the live reaction to it. Uh-huh. Um, but that will be coming out in a few weeks' time. So Foul Original has also been given the same stipulation as what Vern had and that will still be coming out. So Vern didn't waste his time doing that because I felt bad. Um, but yeah, but like, like you said, um, very unlucky with a couple. Maybe one slightly got out of your, your of your grass but overall that van booking very good and you i think the best thing about you guys as well you improve more and more every time yeah um, and that's you know I, I can't wait to get to get you guys back on in a fantasy booking match to see what you guys come up again uh, come up with next time so that's definitely something to look forward to um the stipulations let's go on to the stipulations now uh-huh. they were very random they were obviously the stipulations really has to be timely because you can't exactly say right now, um, okay, do a uh, Brock Lesnar one because he's already the champion, so it would be you know too easy, too difficult. However, way you'd look at it, mm. what has been your favourite stipulation that you guys have actually done yourselves? Uh, the invasions are always fun. Uh, especially when you've got multiple characters involved. Um, yeah. always, wanted, always wanted to write an invasion. Always wanted to write an invasion. Uh, everyone talks about how they'd book the um, the 2001 invasion better. Yeah. Uh, um, so many different routes you could go down. But then again, like, do you work with um, the limitations of these WCW guys weren't available? You know, the Goldbergs, the Stings, the Nashes, the Halls, the Hogans. Um, so it depends what, what rules you want to set. Um, but I... Yeah, where you could any kind of booking where it was um, you could really, really play around with, and there's so many different options, so many different people in the invasions, the uh, the NXT. Um, I wouldn't say downgrade because that would be an insult to NXT, um, but that that was fun as well. Given given that choice there, the Bray Wyatt one uh, was very, very tricky because how the hell do you book Bray Wyatt? Sure. I don't think WWE yeah. know how to book Bray Wyatt. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Elias, it's very difficult. You, you you keep him here and just keep doing what he's doing. But then, how long until that becomes boring? Well, you know, it's how, it's how far we could like. Yeah. Because it's like problem sometimes. Fans is like every time you get someone, you have to sort of you've got a choice of just like booking them to be like a like amazing or like monster or something like that, or you book them to win a big title. Yeah. 
And yeah. um, and obviously with Elias, we obviously had to we booked him to win the title. But it was more like um, it, it's much harder when you've got to try and book something that has no title or nothing mm-hmm. and just make it compelling and interesting. Um, yeah. So so the idea with the Joshua with the NXT stuff uh, um, that we had to choose ourselves and sort of was I enjoyed them type stipulations more. Yeah. Than being like handpicked a certain bit to um, fantasy book. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys actually. When I'm coming up with stipulations, I'm more intrigued by the 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 ones where it's like put someone back to NXT or you know um, the invasion for an Nexus, like that sort of thing. Because then you've sort of got a plethora of all these wrestlers which you can choose from, and exactly. um, like you guys bouncing the ideas off each other. What you know, I could just imagine what you two would be like, like speaking about the idea. Um, because it would be exactly what it would be like in my head. Like, oh, who would I use? Would I use this person? Could I use go, go up against them? You'd have two minds doing that to each other. So bouncing ideas off each other, coming up with who would be finding to go against who and, and that sort of stuff. So definitely I can imagine those stipulations being a lot of fun. Um, do you have a favourite stipulation that you wish that you had yourselves that you didn't have from the Fantasy Booking League? Hmm. Maybe one that you thought you could have done a really good job on if you had that one. Wow, interesting. I can't remember um, the list now because you know, yeah. when you released all the like the like the like last matchups and you yeah. had like lists of all kinds of different players. I can't remember yeah. them now. The um, the UK one again, NXT UK against NXT would be interesting. Yeah, um, Andrade would be interesting as well. Um, we were just speaking about. Um, that earlier, especially that that match with Gargano. Um, do you look at how, especially Andrade was presented in that match against Gargano, going back when he defeated uh, McIntyre? Everyone was shocked about that because McIntyre was meant to be the next face of NXT. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think some people saw Andrade as like a transitional champion. Okay, this is Johnny's time. Um, if, but if you, so I think if you were to put like non-wrestling fans um, like in a room, or even just wrestling fans who did not watch NXT, and you saw just the entrance alone of Andrade Cienamas for uh, that NXT uh, takeover against Gargano, and you'd ask them, okay, how long has this guy been champion for? You'd probably say, oh, he's uh, been champion for a year, two years, three years, because he looks like a main event attraction. He yeah. looks like he, no one's beaten him for ages. Um he looks like a Bruno, like a Bruno Sammartino kind of um, reputation. Untouchable character. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and he came across that match perfectly as well. Um, and he delivers. Yeah. Like when he's in the ring, it's like, I don't think I've ever watched any like bad match where you think, oh, he's terrible. It's like, yeah. he always delivers. So yeah. it's just like, yeah. So then, yeah. I would have liked to have done that. Yeah. So you just thought, so that book is like, okay, so how do you book that year, that two years? of how he's been an unstoppable force, you know. Yeah, uh, I, I, especially as well, because I think he's got a really good move set, which is very easy to describe, um, mm-hmm. but also when you are describing it, it paints a good picture in your head because people are very like familiar with Andrade Sinamas's move set because it's very unique at the same time. Yeah. And of course, you get to do promos pretending to be Zelina Vega, so that's of course also <laughs> always very fun. Um <laughs> The evolution of bookings is something that um, I really want to sort of dive into because the first episode that we have of the Fantasy Booking League, Mason Adams versus Roberts, um, where it it ended in a draw. And this one, when you look at the difference between that booking and the final, I mean, it's leaps and bounds compared from the two. I mean, this one ended in a draw because both had very big errors. Uh, Roberts... Didn't have any detail in it, uh, but a good idea. Whereas Mason had detail, but not a very good idea at all. And um, he needed something of a twist to make it up. I believe they they did Dean Ambrose. And neither was um, good enough to win the match. Whereas we go later on and two people, um, for instance, Nev and Dom, who also drew a match. They drew a match because I couldn't pick someone to lose neither of them deserve to lose so and that was only like a couple of months difference so the 
improvement, I think you guys mentioned it just then, the improvement of the fantasy booking has got better and better all the way through, um, which you guys did yourself. What do you think? Do you think it's because of the, the competition? Like people are listening to each other's thinking, I need to do better than that. I, I'll pick an ideas off each other. What do you think it is that makes the, the bookings just get better and better? I think with any kind of art form, whether it's writing or whatever it is, you you look at influences and you just go, oh, that's really good. I'm going to steal that bit. You know, I, I like that. You know, we had um, uh, we had people. You know, when we played like sound clips, people would start playing sound clips. When people started doing commentary, people started doing commentary. Um, just making it fit with uh, with their style, um, and then people finding their style. Yeah. Um, as well, I think the only team, and I think that's why they're champions, is they found their style pretty much like oh, the first booking that royally rumbled. You know, one person would do the kind of layouts uh, and the narrative, and one person would do the commentary and the promos. Um, so having a really clear style. Um, and I think having uh, the feedback as well, when you've got the one judge and yourself, the feedback's been in- incredibly useful. Um, yeah. We always try to try to bear that in mind. Um, whenever we were brainstorming, he wants to see Luke wants to see more of this. He doesn't want to see any more of that. There's too much detail. There's not enough detail. It's far too long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we were we the I think we're the only booking where we got the note. Okay, don't make it too long. And then the next one you had to cut about twenty minutes out of because it was too long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was true. I mean, I think you you went from one booking which was forty five minutes to about fifty minutes long, and I messaged yeah. you guys like. Uh, just make it a little bit shorter next time, guys. And then it came through, and it was about forty-nine minutes long. And I was like, I'm gonna have to take some out, guys. <laughs> but uh, it's 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 all good because that's because really you were listening to other parts of the feedback where right we need to do more detail on this or we need to add this in. Yeah, uh, we need to because that was your Sonia Deville one, I believe, and you sort of. Yeah. That's where you made the big improvement from Bray Wyatt to Sonya Deville, where you, where you won the match, um, where you made the big improvement. So, like you said, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. People finding their style. Um, you are completely right. Rory Rumble came in, and their first booking is the exact same like style, if you will, as mm-hmm. their final booking, which was their third or fourth. fourth. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they found their style straight away. Whereas the other finalists, and maybe yourselves as well, Mason Adams and yourselves, you guys started with a certain style and ended with a completely different side of things. Um, I think Vern's also done the same. He's got better and better. I can't wait to hear this one, um, which he has, which is the World War on WWE TV. So that's going to be USA versus Europe on mm-hmm. WWE TV. Um, that's coming up soon, and yeah, like the 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 improvement and the style sort of linked in into one, and that's caused us to become better, to have better bookings from everyone and get better. Um, the addition of Roy Rumble, who you mentioned there, who brought in the I call it the two man trick because I don't really know really what to call it, but you mentioned there, someone says the narrative, lays up what's going to happen. Yeah. Then the other one says the promo. Very clever, and it works very well. It's sort of like, um, for audio purposes, it sounds really good. Yeah. That was the first like innovative style um, that I felt was brought into the league uh, as an individual thing that obviously set themselves above everyone else. And then you guys brought in the introduction of sound effects. Um, you mentioned it there, which has now become a custom to enhance any booking, and it it seriously works. I mean, from your booking where you did it to um, you know the final where even Mason Adams went off by himself and did it himself because he wanted to make it sound better. So these and it's competitive it's because you guys are competitive that you've brought these effects in. You want it to be better. You want to improve on your last booking. And it does improve that. Was there, is that sort of like when you, you guys were discussing your ideas, was it sort of like a, a brainwave or a, or a, should we try this? Do you think it will work? That sort of thing. I think when we, I think we used it first off with the, um, with Adam Cole. And I think whenever anyone says Adam Cole, you would want to go, baby. Yeah. So, 
and it just helps create the um, everything that helps create a picture creates the image. We had images of um, Alan Carr on top of the stage doing it, on top of a cage, on top of a fork uh, forklift. Um, we just wanted to create create that image um, as if you were watching it, whether it's on the network or watching it there live. Yeah. Um, you want to storytell. You want to create those pictures um, so people can imagine it. You know, and they can immerse themselves into it, as we have when we've uh, when we were creating them. Yeah, I think now it's like sort of really good because people are using um, the the actual theme music, even though I had a bit of a copyright thing about it uh, on the last one. But yeah, um, you know, people are using theme mu- music really well as like interrupting the promos and stuff like that, and it's sort of like a really good. Like if you were actually watching it, and it's like a bit of a pop, it almost like makes you want to pop when you hear the the theme music in a fancy buffet. It's a very strange um, feeling, but I think I'm quite excited to see what the next sort of innovative thing that was brought into that that is going to be bringing into fancy booking, um, like what you two guys have done and, and Royley Rumble have done. Um, so your journey in the league, um, unfortunately for you guys, obviously you didn't make the final. How did you feel your journey was in total? Do you think um, you deserved where you finished? How how do you guys and be honest? You know, I, I mean, I think this is the hardest part for me um, about this league is I'm the sole judge, and it's it is going to be very opinionated because it's not like right or wrong answers. Um, but yeah, be, be honest. How how do you guys feel your journey went in the league? Yeah, I think I mean quite well. I mean. Uh... Because obviously when when we first done it, it was just more, it was a new concept for us, and we were just trying to figure out how to do it. But then I, I just think our journey was like it was just is an improvement. Sort of like we started, we started off, we were sort of good, and but then near the end, we were just I thought I, I really like enjoyed our last booking. Mm. So I thought it was just like a gradual, it's, it's gradual journey of improvement. I would say. Yeah, in terms of writing, for sure. Um, in terms of results, and I've said it before. Um, losing out, especially Bray Wyatt, that was our bad. Um, having Bo win, um, the invasion was more um, undisputed era focus as opposed to the whole invasion. The only one that got away from us, I think, I think, I personally think was was better was uh, the one against Math with uh, with Elias. If we had ended two two, I was like, okay, two wins, two losses, not bad, not bad. Yeah, but when got a so when you do have a, a loss uh like that you want to you do want to revenge that you know you want to get get that result back you know yeah definitely so is there someone from a block that you particularly wished that you faced out of the the guys that were over there um i really enjoyed one of my favorite bookings uh I believe was uh, ne- I think it was Nebs, uh, his Finn Balor, where he attacked the Undertaker and became this kind of Joker character. He really got me um, immersed into it. Was that Nev? I think yeah. it was Nev. Yeah, Nev really enjoyed that one. It's very well paced, very well performed as well by Nev, um, and kind of like pushing the boundaries of of kind of like comfort a little bit, uh, which was great. Um, when you've got a heel making you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, something we haven't had for, for a while, I think. Um, and obviously you've got uh, Mason Adams in there as well. So if he's, he's up there, you know, um, like championship material. So I think those two guys stick out for me for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Nev actually is another one, which we probably didn't mention, but he's sort of similar to, Rawley Rumble, he came in, that was his first book in the Finn Balor one. Yeah. He came in really, at really late notice as well. I mean, I it was about two weeks before the actual episode came out. Yeah. Scotty uh, messaged me saying, look, I can't, I can't be a part of the league anymore. He, he, he's got a family at home and he just didn't have time to, to write it. That's fair enough. Um, and I sort of asked Nev on the spot, would you be interested in doing it? He was, you know, he's, he's a wrestling nut, obviously. Um, if you've heard that's, anything about him, <laughs> yeah. Um, so he was well up for it, and as soon as I had told him the rules, and and he listened to a couple of episodes, basically that night 
within a couple of days, he, he messaged me back saying, I've already got the booking. When do you want to record? So he was, he was really up for it. Um, and he did really well, came in, um, he got a draw in that one, which looking back on it, a lot of people have said he deserved to win. Maybe he did. Um, I don't, it wouldn't have had any effect on the league anyway, because he took over Scotty's points who lost to Mason Adams. So he would have lost out on, on, um, uh, head to head as well, uh, as points. So it wouldn't have mattered too much, but you know, he's, he's finally getting his title shot next week. Um, fully deserved. He's still unbeaten. And yeah. Yeah, I think a Josh and Stu versus Nev would be a great match as well as a, a Josh and Stu versus Mason Adams. I think very similar to Nev, I think you guys are in your creative storytelling ways. I think both of you are very good at painting the picture of, of um, the fantasy book in very well. Um, whereas Mason, I believe, is very different. Um, and he, Actually, he's come up with another innovative way of um, fantasy booking, whereas he's kept it all in the same universe, which I think is very clever yes. um, that he's done, which mm. I forgot to mention earlier. So that's that's also very good. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd quite like to see those those sort of matches in the future, definitely. I mean, we never know if, if Nev becomes the champion. Um, he's promised that he wants to defend the championship every Monday. So <laughs> I'm not joking. He did right. say that. But um, he's not going to be a Seth Rollins. Um, downsides to the league. Um, obviously, people people pulled out, which is unfortunate. Can't can't be helped. Um, we got replacement in Rory Rumbold and and, and Nev. Um, you know that's that's just unfortunate, but can't really be helped much. Um, I felt I had to replace these guys rather than just shorten the competitors. So that was one of the downsides. But another one was the length um, and math. Who uh, like we said, had a really good start to the league, had a very bad ending. Mm. Uh, the reason he put the fact that he had a bad ending was because of the length of time he wasn't fancy booking. He sort of not lost interest, but lost his flow. Would you guys agree that the, the length of time that it took to, to record all, all these episodes could be like a, a downside to it? Or, would, or do you prefer the breaks in between to sort of listen to other people's ideas, pick up new ideas, and then come in fresh like a month or so later? I think we had, um, I'm not sure what Stu thinks, but I think we had a good uh, a good draw, I think, where we got a good number of weeks to uh, to discuss and finalize, finalize our booking. We didn't have any short, short turnarounds, uh, as far as I'm aware, so no complaints really my end. Um, I think. What do you think, Stu? No, I don't think it's fine. It's, um, really, I mean, I think it's just because it's um, time of like thinking of an idea and sort of like was it discussing it, then sort of like um, getting notes on it, and then sort of then have to just write the idea, then have to record it. I think the length of time was. Um, I think it was quite so pretty decent because yeah. it gives it gave us time to properly like flesh out the idea. Yeah, and and see what's going on. Like you said, the other podcasts that were in the um, fantasy league. So yeah. Yeah, no, I can definitely see that because sort of then you get uh, like the two, three weeks to sort of hear everyone else's, have a bit of a break from writing it because, you know, you, you guys will know you've wrote four, well, yeah, four already. Like you can't do a fancy, like write these fantasy bookings in half an hour. Like it's, yeah. it takes a long time to do in which I'm, I'm always very grateful for everyone who's took part in the league because, you know, I've done a lot of these myself. I know how long it takes. Like my Andrade scene almost part one to three. Probably in total took me about eight hours to write. Um, yeah, and that's without recording it. So I know yeah. how difficult um, and time-consuming it can be. Yeah. Um, the final itself, uh, Josh. I believe you listened to the final, but Stu hasn't. Is that is that correct? Uh, well, after, before we done recording, I did um, like, like let me in on what um, what both of the bookings were. So I've got mm. a rough idea of what both are doing. So no, not completely out of the loop in this one. Yeah. Um, do you do you guys agree with Royal Rumble being the winners here? Because you know, I'll be honest, like I, 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 it's all done and dusted and everything. But I've heard a couple of people um, maybe disagree, but majority of people agree that Royal Rumble um, were slightly superior over Mason. Um, yeah, I, um, I think Royal Rumble. I think they edged it for sure. Um, that's we're we're fond of a good tournament, especially. Uh, a King of the Ring one, and especially when you bring it back to the 
um, bring it to the UK. Um, and you've got a king there. Um, I like the fact that that kind of that Naito esque kind of um, as soon as they handed him the the scepter and the the throne uh, the throne the crown, he just threw it away and yeah. so he bounces on the chair. That was brilliant. Um, yeah, incorporating a few dream matches in, not because of oh it's fancy book I want to get these dream matches in, but because they, um, yeah they made sense and they protected that. I think as you said as well, protecting Almas. Um, and making all the other competitors look strong. Yeah. Um, that's what something we try to bear in mind is you're not just staying with a feud. It's not just one story. It's two stories. It's one person's side and it's another person's side. Um, so they've got um, some else, the Black story in there as well. They've got Rey Mysterio's injury. They had Finn Balor mm-hmm. in there as well. Um, all nice and clear. I'd like to have seen, um, I think they're going to things I'd, I'd say about that uh, the cons probably would be, I think pacing was going into tour, I think fairly slow uh, for them. Um, and I'd like to have seen how they would have got to um, Andrade against Seth Rollins. So that, that feud, that feud itself, I'd yeah. like to have heard more about that, especially if Seth Rollins has just become the, uh, the champion after SummerSlam. Yeah. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head there. The, like the, the, the King of the Ring was a good way of, like you said earlier, it's hard to have someone, an individual fantasy book without going, oh, they win the title. Yeah. Or, you know, or they, or they lead to a really good WrestleMania match or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they brought in a King of the Ring tournament, uh, which I didn't see coming. I'm pretty sure no one else would have seen coming. It was very different, but also very cleverly done. And, and um, you also mentioned there the, um, which, you know, even I've never really thought about, but yeah, you are booking two sides of the story here. You can't be so one-sided that you're when you're doing a fantasy booking that you don't acknowledge the opponent because else there's no meaning to it. There's no depth yeah. to it. Um, and I think they were very good at bringing depth to the Alastair Black story because I think they even made Andrade seem almost lose um, at the beginning of the booking um, yeah. and make uh, Black look strong. So, yeah, it was, was very cleverly done. But overall, thoroughly enjoyed uh, the Fancy Booking League. And uh, congratulations to Royal Rumble. Thank you very much, Josh and Stu, for being uh, a huge part of it and um, for for improving time after time. Your Fancy Booking has put a lot of time and effort in. So a massive thank you from me um, for that. And here is my invitation um, as a as a thank you. Um, and for as a thank you for coming on the show today, um, I'd like to grant you a chance to pick an opponent um, in your first return fantasy booking match. You don't have to. You don't have to tell me now if you if you want to go away and think about it, um, and we can announce it at a later date. But um, as a thank you for coming on today and discussing the league, um, you get to pick your next opponent. So. Amazing. Cool. We shall have a good ponder about that. Yes, indeed we will. Definitely. But all well and good. Would you guys like to tell everyone who is listening where they can find you? Uh, if they want to join the league, how can they do that? And all the other good stuff, what you've got coming up for your own podcast um, as we lead to Fastlane and WrestleMania. What do you guys have in the works? Uh, yeah, I'm on the moment. Obviously, um, as we said earlier, we start, we have our uh, was it our champion just because it's decided they're, um, who they're going to face? The bottom line wrestling cast. So that should be um, interesting because obviously uh, I don't think we've, uh, just because it's, um, ever since they won the title from um, Royal Rumble, mm. so their promos have been quite interesting and they're, big, they're a bit cocky. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see if someone can you know, take the title from them before, before WrestleMania would be quite interesting. Mm. Uh, yeah, and also we've got, obviously, they say, got the pod. Things um, the final just because in there as well. I tag stuff as well. Yeah. Um, it's um, quite disappointing we got knocked out of. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also we've would have been nice to win that. But um, then you got uh, obviously we've got our, we're going to hopefully do our obviously do our viewer fast lane and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. hopefully our press conference will be back soon. Press conference will be back soon. Uh, we're also doing uh, takeover as well. The final round. Yeah. Um, so. Um, I believe you're doing very well in that at the moment. You've got another good shot of uh, preventing someone else from uh, taking a shot at um, taking a place at the WrestleMania Championship game. I have, yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Um, so after WrestleMania, uh, well, at WrestleMania, uh, we're going to have the multi-man championship match uh, for the JSPL championship. So you qualify if you're the champion, top of the table. Um, go, go, go to the pods, uh, Royal, uh, Royal Rumbles, uh, entries, etc. Uh, and the Survivor Series game as well. Um, we've got our Callaway title. We'll have the fun of the tag team classic. Uh, we might have another one or two exhibition matches, depending. Uh, and then the league will reset after WrestleMania. And stay tuned for that because we have we're going to shake things up just a little bit, a little bit of a little bit of a different concept. Oh. So uh, keep an eye out, especially on the we'll announce it, especially on our Twitter at uh, Josh and Stew Pod, uh, and or we'll email all the details as well at Josh and Stew Podcast at gmail dot com. Well, I'm very intrigued because I've been waiting for the the league to reset so that I can actually uh, be a bit of a competitor in the league because obviously I joined in SummerSlam, so I miss, I believe, five or six pay-per-views, um, which yeah. put me out of the actual league title picture. Um, obviously, I've had a couple of title matches, which I've failed miserably at, I think, is one of... <laughs> I mean, I think my, my last title shot where I came dead last overall in the standings with four points was a definite low point uh, in my Joshua yeah. Shoe prediction league career um, but nonetheless I we, we all <laughs> yeah exactly I mean the the pay-per-view before that so Survivor Series I finished second with like 60 62 points when Irish Whip only beat me by two points uh, at the top to win it so you know it's, it's very ups and downs the prediction league which is what I love about it it's very unpredictable um, no pun intended there on on how you're actually going to get on because you know we're all massive wrestling yeah. fans the way we fantasy book things um, like on on my my podcast um, you when you're predicting you think about these things and it's a tough decision you do you go with your head or your heart if you like a wrestler do you pick them to win because you like them or do you pick the person who you think makes most sense to win and then you pick the person who makes no sense to win and then WWE fuck it up altogether. So that's the, <laughs> the beauty WWE of... Sport. Exactly, that's yeah. the beauty of the Prediction League. And, you know, the, the tiebreaker is also uh, um, something, just to let everyone know, the tiebreaker, you, you pick um, a match where you want to get plus 10 points on and to do that, you have to get the whole of um, that match correct. You have to get the winner, how they won um, and... Uh, well, yeah, that's that's it, isn't it? Yeah, and you know, yeah. if, so it, to get the ten points, and if you don't get one of those correct, then unfortunately you lose, and you get minus ten points. So it's a big, um, points. yeah, yeah, that makes a big difference. Like that, that determines that's determined lead titles. Um, so, but the just because you know, um, I've had a bit of a rivalry with them in the past. I had a Wrestle Kingdom match which ended in a draw. Which you know yeah. is is, is going to continue at some point. I'm sure that the just because an Omega Luke um, rivalry that will um, will have an eventual winner. I'm sure, uh, but I, I like yeah. those guys. They they bring a lot of fun to your league, definitely with the, their promos and and their their shit talk on on Twitter. Um, I think it's what makes Absolutely. your league really great. Uh, all the all the promo <laughs> side of things, definitely. But a lot of exciting things to come ahead. So Josh, you thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Um, and discussing the league with me and look forward to hearing who your opponents are in the future. Pleasure. Thank you very much.